Hello and welcome to Brainfart episode 7. This is Maddie and today uh, we're going to get a little bit more into the emotional, like the emotional effects of all of these things and kind of talking about guilt and paranoia and all of that stuff that kind of tacked on, tacked itself on to all of the physical things that happened to me as well. So I think, I don't know, I don't even know how to start this because it's such a, such a weird thing, I guess, to be talking about. But I guess after, I've always, I don't even know, I don't, like, I've always been a pretty sure person and okay with myself. Like, I could start it like that, but that just seems silly because it just seems silly. So I think I'm just going to say, I think I'm just going to start it off by saying that I've noticed myself feeling paranoia and guilt far more easily, I think, than I ever did before I got sick. And I think, and I think it makes sense, because let's be real, I am a college student. I am in that point in your life where it's just kind of a weird state of being. You're not quite sure where you belong. I mean, when you're a kid, you're at home, you're doing the thing, you're playing the games. Of course, puberty sucks, like no one likes that. Everyone's changing. It's weird. Um, that's a bummer. But then I feel like you're still going through that when you're in your early 20s, but you're away from home and everyone expects you to know everything and you're an adult and they're just like, do the thing. You're an adult now. And I mean, some people still live at home and some people go far away and like some people are famous and making money and like own 20,000 apps that make them billions of dollars. And then some people work at the gas station and none of those are wrong or weird, but it's just strange that they all categorize themselves in being in your early twenties. And you're like, okay, I don't know where I, I don't know where I really fall in this. And there's no wrong way to be doing anything, but it's just, there's too many ways and I don't quite know where I belong. So that was a long rant in saying that it makes sense why I would be feeling guilt and paranoia as a college student, but then adding on, or a young adult, like not even just a college student, but just being a young adult, and then adding on health issues to that. And being a young adult who, who sometimes can't do things because of health, who sometimes can't get out of bed or might need some extra assistance or might need some extra time. And then you have these people telling you, you're young, you're in the prime of your life. Like this is when you need to do all your stuff because you're energetic and you're awake and alive and pulsating and like all of these weird things people are telling you that you're doing and you're just sitting there like, what? I don't feel like I'm pulsating. <laughs> like, what is going on here? And it's hard when it's hard enough just having that happen to you without the illnesses. 
but being told that you should be able to do something because you're young and then not being able to do it makes me feel like a failure sometimes. Like I'm not doing enough. I'm not utilizing this time. I'm not utilizing this precious energy that I have on things that should be happening in my early 20s. I don't even know. And then, and that's, that's kind of where the guilt and paranoia come in, I guess. And it really, I, I really started to notice it after my pseudo tumor. Of course I felt it in high school. Like that is just a freaking Petri dish of angst. But after I was diagnosed, did I notice my personality start to change? And that was weird. Cause like by that time I had felt not totally sure, but like at least kind of sure of who I was as a person. And of course we're always changing. Of course there's no, no right answer to who you are and it's gonna change and it's gonna develop with life experience, all that stuff. But so like what happened was this big life experience and that changed it. And I, I noticed how it affected me mentally and that just made me feel more broken. I just started to feel more messed up than I already was because I didn't know how to cope with that yet. And I didn't know how that worked in my life yet. Like I had friends who were dealing with several mental illnesses and I never ever looked down on them for having it. But then the second I started to have any mental trouble, I immediately started degrading myself. I immediately started attacking myself for feeling that way, even though I never ever would do that to my friends. <laughs> I would never do that to my family who felt that way. I would never think that way. I never once had bad thoughts about that, about them. But then the second it happened to me, I started having bad thoughts about me. And that just added to my guilt and paranoia. And those are the two words I keep using most frequently because those are the ones I, f I feel like I was feeling most frequently. Yeah, I felt really upset and yeah, I would feel anger. And I do want to talk about kind of a personality shift. I don't know if I'll talk about it this episode or a later episode about how like I changed for a while with my personality, but this I think is a part of that. And I think this is the first puzzle piece in that is the guilt and paranoia. And it came to the point where I like right after it happened, I felt like everyone hated me. I couldn't cope with the fact that my friends had to take care of me. And I just felt like they were going to resent me for that and that they were going to hate me because I was acting differently than I did before even though I wasn't acting great. Like, as I was saying before, I had kind of a personality shift. I was a lot angrier. I was quicker to, I was quicker to explode. Like I was a short fuse. Things were just not what they had been. And I just started to feel like my friends were resenting that. And I started feeling paranoid that they were talking behind my back or nobody wanted to hang out with me because I couldn't do things or nobody thought that I could continue with my career or continue pursuing my career because 
I had these things and it was just eating me alive. And then I felt guilty whenever I asked to do anything differently from people to accommodate to my illness or when I would ask friends to take me to the doctor or see if they could go to the pharmacy with me to pick up my medication or just help me with the homework that I couldn't do. Like I started to feel so guilty that they had to do it because in my head, they didn't sign up for this. I didn't sign up for it either. Let's be real. Your girl did not put her name on a list saying, yeah, hit me. But I felt worse because it, they really didn't. They really didn't know what they were getting into. Like, <laughs> so what do you, what do you, how do you help that? What do you say to that? You say, yeah, you're my friend. Stick with me through thick and thin. But this is just like a really, really thin time. Or is it thick time? Which is the bad one? Is thick the bad one or the thin the bad one? I feel like the thin has to be the bad one. Why does this matter? It doesn't. Um, I've never, have you ever thought about that? I've never thought about that, thick or thin. I, that has to be it. I'm such a dingus. Okay. But yeah, so they like didn't, how could they expect me to, or how could they be expected to completely become, in my mind, a parent to a friend? And that's what really made me guilty. That's what I was like, oh my gosh, these, these poor girls, these poor young adult women who are just trying to also get through college and navigate their 20s now have to become like a motherly figure to their friend who is losing her eyesight and who her, who's felt like I was losing my mind. I felt like I was losing my sense of self. And so that's what, like where guilt really started to come in with friendship. And I'm going to be honest, I've gotten a lot better with that. I feel like I've gotten better, but there are still times like at least once a week where I feel like a burden to them and I know and they god love them they constantly reassure me and I'm sure that that is exhausting in itself but they're they're great friends they're there for me they're always wondering how I'm doing and like that just goes to show like that they really did stick it out. But then why is this still eating at me? Why do I still let it affect me? And of course, like I know the answer to that because I don't, I don't have control over it. Like I try to, but it's just like what my brain is producing. And no matter how many times I'm like trying to have positive thoughts and like manifest like better ideas of myself, it's always going to like be gnawing at me <clears throat> from behind. And so that's like with my friendships, like that's when it really started for me with the paranoia and guilt. And I like, it really was like, oh, it was like one of those movies where you're like, the government is listening. I mean, they are, they are listening, constant vigilance, but like in the sense that it's like, everyone's talking about me. Everyone's listening. They're always texting about me. Like I couldn't cope. I was freaking out. That everyone was doing all this stuff. And of course, that does not, that does not help. That does not create a nice mindset for healing. <laughs> so not only was I really hurting physically, but I was, oh, I just dropped my phone. <laughs> Loopsie poopsie. Um, not only did that like create this 
it just created a hostile environment for myself where I felt like I couldn't do anything without being completely judged for it. And I know so many people are listening right now and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we get that. Also just welcome. It, it also doesn't help that I'm in a major where I walk into a room and I have literally maybe five to 10 seconds to convince the person behind the table that I am talented, beautiful, a kind person, easy to work with, like open to suggestion, like all of these things that are ridiculous and that you can't convey in five seconds, but yet I have to. Um, so of course I like feel that paranoia. Um, but that's what I was feeling and it started and I had never really felt anything like that before. And I, I had many friends who would like try and give me advice about it and help me with it, who had dealt with that. And I had a really good support system with my parents and they were always trying their best. And it got to a point where it was manageable and I was able to manage it. And I remember going to see my neurologist like a couple weeks, I think, after I first got out of the hospital. And I was in there and I was telling her these things and I was just in tears. Like I, I was telling her, I don't know what's going on with me. I feel guilty. I feel paranoid. I don't know what's happening with me. I'm nervous. I'm scared. And she looked at me and she said, this could be a form of PTSD. And I mean that it stands for post traumatic stress disorder, excuse me. And I remember thinking how weird that was because in my mind, PTSD was only for people who really experienced something really traumatic, like war or genocide or even like, like a school shooting or like thing or like a ho like horrible illness or someone died like something just worse than what I had because in the end like I was in the hospital for a short amount of time I was diagnosed with this illness that wasn't ideal but wasn't going to be terminal and so hearing that I just kind of brushed it off like no that sounds dramatic that sounds like really dramatic but the more I thought about it, the more I realized, like, there's no criteria for PTSD. There's no, like, you don't meet this criteria, so you couldn't possibly get it. And even though I didn't immediately recognize it, it still, like, it made sense that I would be feeling those feelings after that, that occurred. Like, I had every right to be feeling that way. And that wasn't wrong. That wasn't bad. That wasn't being dramatic. And so I think once I accepted that, I started to feel better. And that was a big move for me. And it took a lot of working to get out of those places and having a lot of sit down talks with my friends, which I'm sure were exhausting for them, but really helpful for me. And helpful to just talk it through with myself and to constantly remind myself and to just be on top of it. And you know, it's, it's not that 
easy for some people. Like some people, it takes longer and you like regress and you fall back into that like feeling of I'm not enough. These people, I'm a burden to the people around me. I can't possibly do anything. These people are laughing at me. I'm not good enough. Not only am I not good enough, it's just like this perpetual thought system where you're like on and on and on about like going into the spiral. And it's so sad and it's so upsetting. And it constantly is like, it would feed into me to where my whole body would be so tense because my, like I couldn't take it anymore. And it took a lot of trying to unravel that, unravel that thinking and unravel that mindset. And like, it's something it, like I've said it several times this episode. It's something I still deal with. It's something I was dealing with literally this morning. I was feeling it this morning because I was, I don't even know. I woke up feeling in a weird mood and it's like one of those things where you're like, I don't know, I just feel weird today. Like, I don't feel like I'm in my body. And it's like true though. It does. You feel weird. You feel like you're not in your body. I just screamed. I hope that's not too loud. (laughs) Um, But I, yeah, you don't feel like, you feel like something's wrong. And I felt that this morning. And then I would hear people say things and that would kind of eat at me like, People being like, oh, I feel so lazy today. And then me being like, wait, I'm doing the same thing. I'm still in my pajamas. I'm late. I'm the lazy one. I do this every day. I take naps. I'm the, I'm the lazy one. I'm not doing enough. Which is like stupid because taking naps doesn't mean you're lazy or less than. But it was like a mindset I was getting into today. And that's why I was like, I need to record this episode right now because it's what I'm feeling. I'm feeling that paranoia of like, oh, I'm not doing enough. I feel guilty. I'm not doing enough. I'm not being enough. I'm not being enough for my friends and my family and my boyfriend. And oh, oh boy, is that a real big, big contender in the guilt category that the amount of times I have said to Martin in full tears, Martin, my boyfriend, for those of you who don't know, um, in full tears, crying to him, just saying, I don't want to be a burden to you and him every time being like grabbing my little face and looking me dead in the eye and saying, you're not, you're not a burden. I love you. We'll get through this together, which like, come on, that's too good. He too good to me. But no, he's not. He's just like being a partner and he's being there with me. And he knows, like he knows how guilty I feel that like I have episodes and that he has to take care of me and do things. But I have never once felt resentment from him. And I cannot thank him enough for giving that gift to me. For even though I say I don't want to make him feel like a burden, for never actually making me feel like a burden to him. And I think that's a big thing in my life that helps me. Because when I do feel weird and I do start to fall into this pit, he helps me out and my friends help me out and I help me out. It's like, it's a group effort and it's an individual effort with the help of other people. And sometimes it's solely an individual effort. Sometimes it's solely me like, like taking a breath, digging in and just like climbing out of this pit 
And it's like the hardest thing. And sometimes I sit in the pit. Sometimes I just sit in the pit for like a day or two. And then I'm like, I got to get out of the pit. The pit's making me sad. And so it's just like this, it's a constant battle. And I've gotten better at dealing with it. And then there's some days where I'm like, girl, you have not gotten better at all. So it's a, it's a struggle. And I think that's just my main thing this episode. I know this has been a very ranty episode and very all over the place and kind of like jumping from one idea to another. But I think that's, I think that's just what it's going to be. I don't know. Like I could re-record this and like come up with a script and come up with like bullet points and an outline and really talk about it in a clinical sense. But then I don't think it'd be real because the reality and the fact of the matter is like I'm a real person feeling these things and I know there's a lot of other people out there who are feeling these things, whether they have illnesses or not, like whether they struggle with mental illness or whether they struggle with um, chronic or invisible illnesses or whether they just like are having struggling that day or that month or that year, like it just, everyone feels this way. Unfortunately, sometimes I feel like mine is a little bit magnified and I think the pseudotuma and all of the other things do not help it, but I don't know. It's real. We're real people. We're here. We're doing the thing. So yeah, I think that's like kind of what I wanted to say. There's, there's many times where I feel like I'm not doing enough. And that, that makes me feel sad and that makes me feel paranoid about how it'll affect me in the future. And I'm constantly projecting, not projecting onto other people, but projecting into the future and thinking, how is this one event today going to affect me in five to 10 years. And it's just, it's impossible. It's just impossible to say, because no one has any idea. Like I can make a 10 year plan all I want, but the fact of the matter is like that, it's just not gonna, it's just probably not gonna be spot on. And so what's happening today, the fact that I took a two and a half hour nap yesterday doesn't mean that I'm not going to book the job in three years because I didn't like spend it sending in a self tape or like going to just because I missed this audition because I had an episode or because, you know, I was just tired. Like maybe I just missed an audition because it's 4am. I don't want to trek into the city because I'm just tired. And you know what? Like that who knows, maybe I could have booked that job, whatever, but maybe I wouldn't have, and maybe it would have been a great experience, or maybe it wouldn't have, like, who knows what that could have been, but I can't think of the could have been, I can't feel guilty about not doing things, and I definitely can't feel guilty about other people doing things, and me not, that's a huge one for me, is seeing, especially in my 
I'm gonna like relate it to my life. Obviously, like, I don't know if you can relate it to yours through this way or not, because like, I don't know how many of you do musical theater and acting. I'm sh I know a bunch of you listen, but there's some of you who don't. But it, being, a, being a senior who's about to graduate and go out into the world of theater and doing the thing and doing the auditions and trying to book work, it feels, it feels crazy. Because you're seeing, especially during these couple months, because it is like audition central. It is the time of the audition. People are booking work. People are like getting jobs. People are killing it at auditions. And so it's like any, everyone's going and everyone's doing the thing. And so anytime someone goes in and I don't, I start to feel guilty. I start to feel that guilt. And I'm like, oh, well, I didn't go in. I should be going in. I should be doing it. That means they're better than me. That means they're going to get more than me, all of this stuff. And I have to take a step back and I'm like, you know what? It's incredible that they're going in. They're doing their work. They're doing their job. That doesn't mean I'm not doing mine. That doesn't mean that I'm in the wrong and they're in the right. It just means that we're both in different places um, on the same level. <laughs> and just because like, yeah, like sometimes I can't. Sometimes I can't get out of bed. You guys know. I've talked to you about it. Sometimes I'm tired and I can't get out of bed and I feel exhausted and I constantly am feeling exhausted and pain and things like that. And I am not going to auditions, but I still I still apply and I still go to some, not saying that I'm not doing anything and I expect things to come to me. I don't think that mindset at all, but just saying that that just because I miss one doesn't mean that'll ruin my entire career. And I think that's what I wanted to say. <laughs> that was a very long way of saying that. Um, so yeah. I don't even know where that went. It's kind of a crazy episode. It's a little kooky. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Anyways, I'm sure there's so much more I could talk about in regards to this. I would love some input from people if you feel this way or how it affects you and all of that good stuff. I'm going to plug my stuff again because that's what you do. You can turn off now if you don't want to hear it, but I hope you'll stay. Um, just to hear, I'm on Instagram at brainfartpodcast. I post silly photos and stuff to welcome the new <laughs> episodes in. And I also have an email address that you can reach me at brainfartpodcast at gmail.com. Feel free to message or DM or do all of that fun stuff. I'm on uh, Podbean and Spotify and iTunes and Google Play and all of that stuff. So listen where you can. Thanks for tuning in. I know this episode was a little all over the place. It felt more like <laughs> like a cathartic <laughs> word vomit than I think anything else. I hope you'll forgive me. Um, but yeah, I think that's it for today. Thanks for tuning in. I don't know. What am I? What's next week? Maybe I should. Maybe I should tell you that maybe. Oh, wow. How poignant. I think next week is going to be working with illness. <laughs> so what I was kind of talking about at the end of this episode, 
um, we'll definitely have a nice transition into the next episode. So I hope you guys will join me next week when I talk about kind of my job. I'll kind of open up a little bit more about like the process and what is involved in my job because even though a lot of you are probably like and like musical theater people and acting people and artsy people, um, there's also a bunch of you who aren't. So I think it'll be insightful to get some info on that and how I deal with that. And I think that is that. So have a good whatever time it is, wherever you are. And I will talk to you next week. Bye.